This episode is sponsored by State Farm. You a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Well, look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. This podcast is sponsored by Monarch Money. Are you saving to reach your financial goals? Reaching those goals isn't just about getting more money, but by managing what you have. And the best way to manage your money? Monarch Money. Monarch Money is a new kind of finance app that's intuitive, powerful, ad-free, and takes the headaches out of budgeting. Try it free when you go to monarchmoney.com slash podcast. Monarch puts all your accounts, investments, transactions, and finances at your fingertips. With a complete view of your finances, you'll gain insights on your spending and find new ways to save. Plus, Monarch lets you customize your dashboard, collaborate with your partner, set custom budgets and goals, and track your progress toward them. See why Mint users are turning to Monarch Money and loving it, and why the Wall Street Journal named Monarch Money the best budgeting app overall. Get a 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash podcast. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H money.com slash podcast for your free trial. Monarchmoney.com slash podcast. Can I refill your eggnog for you? Get you something to eat? Drive you out to the middle of nowhere? Leave you for dead? No, I'm doing just fine, Clark. Live from Joe's mom's basement, it's the Stacking Benjamin Show. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and I love this time of year. Well, except for the rush at the mall and the crowds at the grocery store and wondering exactly what to get. OG, who pretty much has everything. I hate this time of year. Here to talk about staying sane now that we're deep into the holiday season, we welcome a woman who paid off nearly a million dollars of debt in just over two years from the financially intentional blog, Nasima McElroy. Plus, from this podcast, OG. And rounding out today's roundtable team from LenPenzo.com, it's the elf on the shelf. I'm just kidding. I hate that guy, too. He's busy pestering parents and kids all over the world. It's just Len Penzo. But that's not all. In today's Friday FinTech segment, ever wonder about investing in the royalties of your favorite songs? We'll talk to Anthony Bruno from the Royalty Exchange. And as if that's not enough, we'll answer a listener letter and amaze you with my incredible holiday movie theme trivia. And now, taking a break from packing up the basement to move north, here he is, Joe Salcihai! It's so much fun talking to these people than it is packing. Hey everybody, welcome to another Friday on the show. I am Joe Salcihai, Average Joe Money on Twitter, and across the card table from me, back again for another day at the mic, it's my good buddy OG. Oh, I'm a good buddy now? That's, that's really nice. It depends on the See. day. Well, you know what I'm doing? Hanukkah already happened, and you got me nothing. So now we've got Christmas no, coming. that's not true. What's that? You just haven't opened it yet. 
is that the bill laying on the table for all the costs from the from the tour? Dang it, Bethany. He figured it out. <laughs> and you didn't have to get me anything. Let's go over to my dad shortwave here, where I believe we have in California back for another week, Mr. Len Penzo. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. How are you, Joe? Fantastic. Happy post Hanukkah. I know you've got a uh, eight days of uh, crazy nights or, or eight crazy nights of lights uh, hangover, I'm sure. Uh, no, that's not me, but, uh, you know, I always have trouble keeping track of Hanukkah. I mean, it bounces all over the place. It does move around after Christmas. Sometimes it's way before Christmas. It's like, it's one of those hot, it's like, how do they keep it straight? I can't even plan for it. What do you, what do you do with a holiday like that? You know, you, I bet there's a lot of people who are three days into Hanukkah before they realize, oh, wait, Hanukkah started three days ago. You know, they got cheated out of their first two gifts. You know, That's right. Like that. <laughs> That's my excuse, Joe. That's, how That's, exact, That's exactly. I forgot it. It just, just came and went. It's like, I can't be bothered celebrating eight days of that, right? And here to save this podcast from itself, we're so happy from the Financially Intentional blog, our new friend, Nasima McElroy. How are you? Good. How are you? It's about so honored to be here. It's about time we got you here. It is so about nice. time. Well, tell everybody about what you do because I just joined your Facebook community and it's wild and crazy. <laughs> I bet. So um, I'm a labor and delivery nurse by trade, but I had an incredible debt payoff story, I should say. And so I learned a little bit about personal finance through my own journey, which I documented on social media, which gave me a little bit of followers. And then people started thinking I knew what I was talking about. So then, of course, I became a personal finance blogger and personality and now have a course. But, um, yeah, that's what I do. I help people get their finances in order. People like me, young professionals that were just told that in order to get out the hood, you got to just go to school. And they don't tell you that when you go to school, you got to pay a million dollars. <laughs> so I had to figure it out. I had the good job, but I was broke. So I figured it out and now I help other people. That's now, what we do when financially intentional. You had, we're, we're obviously not going to have time to go through the whole story tonight, but just for the Cliff's Notes version, you had really nice cars uh, you, let's see, you own a Tesla. Do you still own a Tesla? Uh, I, yes. I bought the Tesla after I paid off my debt. Ah, uh, nice. My gift to myself. That is nice. So the carrot at the end, that's cool. And then you had two houses. I've had five houses. Okay. And then you, you had, uh, you listed collection agencies. You owed the IRS money. You were deep into debt. What happened? I was trying to keep up with the Joneses. So the five houses came from only knowing to be successful and financially, you should have real estate. And that's what they told me. But I bought real estate in 2004, 5, 6, 7 when the market crashed. <laughs> so two of those went to foreclosures. Two of those went to short sales. And then I had my condo remaining. And then later on, a couple years later, I bought another house, like a really, really big house when I was pregnant with my daughter because I was insane. And so those are the two houses that you're talking about. So I had that first condo that I bought during the market crash. And then I had my other house. But anyway, I was just living my best life. Like everybody tells you you're supposed to do when you make a good salary. And then I realized when my daughter was turning one that uh, I was hella broke. So <laughs> yeah, what was it? Was there was there like a set time, a set thing? Like, do you remember where you were when you're like, it's got to change? Yes, I do. And it's 
an interesting story. I had bought that new house. It's 4,000 square feet. I remember it has 36 windows and it was a new construction. So I had to put 36 window coverings, which cost a grip and I did not have money to pay for it. So I had to ask my sister for money, which for me, I don't like asking anybody for anything. And I said, you know what? I make too much money for this. I need to figure this out. Like this just doesn't make any sense. And so that was my breaking point. And I just started Googling personal finance blogs, came across Dave Ramsey, who I was like, uh, who's this guy <laughs> at first, <laughs> but then started to make sense. <laughs> but you credit say about Len. With, that is what we say about Len. But, <laughs> but, you, but you credit Dave Ramsey with a lot of your success since then. Oh, yeah, definitely. I followed his baby steps. Some of the things got me in a lot of trouble. But um, for the most part, <laughs> I learned a lot. And I do credit 90% of my success to this Dave Ramsey strategy, the baby steps. Mm -hmm. Well, we're going to credit your downfall again to being here in the basement. I'm sure (laughs) you'll be like, everything was going, yes, everything was going great until she went to the basement, but we're glad you're here. Hey, you know how you get an extra $450 in SEMA? How? You had to stackybenjamins.com forward slash magnify money. Yes. Because when you go to magnify money, what you'll find is that that brick and mortar bank you've been using is a bum and you shouldn't be anywhere near it. So you toss that thing aside and instead you go to one place where it has the best in checking accounts, savings accounts, debt repayment options, all the above. And if you pay your debt on time, like Nasima does now, you can even maybe, do you play the credit card reward game now or not? I am in that game. She is. But 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 you had to get your act together first. Right. And I did go to Magnify Money to compare rates first. She is amazing. StackyBenjamins.com forward slash Magnify Money. More, more places than any other online. All right. We got a great show today. We got Nasima here. We got Len here. We got OG even here. It's fantastic. So let's get the party started. Hello, darlings. And now it's time for your favorite part of the show. Our Stacking Benjamins Headlines. Our piece today comes to us from Psych Central. I was there trying to figure out what the heck's going on in Lempenzo's brain, and I didn't figure that out, but I came across this. He's he's not even going to... You're going to let that go? Doesn't even swing and a miss. <laughs> he's just going to let that go. Uh, this is written by Margarita Tartakovsky, MS, the associate editor over there. How to have a minimalist, meaningful holiday season and why it's so important. And this piece says, and and Nassim, I think we'll start with you. When you think of minimalism, the piece says, you know, it's stark, it's sterile, it's cold, the complete opposite of cozy. It's about deprivation. It's about no gifts. Like minimalisms would seem to have nothing to do with the holidays. What did you think when you first read that? I was like, what? First of all, I know about minimalism, you know, shout out to Joshua Becker, but I always lived a minimalist Christmas or holiday or whatever. So I was like, um, this just sounds like what my holidays look like anyway. <laughs> really? <laughs> but, but not the bleak part, but just like, just minimal. You, you know? So you've never been a big gift giver. You know what? It's very interesting. My dad was Muslim. So I grew up Muslim, but my grandparents are Christian. So they were trying to always convert me to be a Christian. So we kind of had Christmas and then we kind of didn't. So I got Christmas gifts, but when it got, when I became older, we just bought Christmas gifts for the kids. And I, we, I keep that under like 10 to $20. Gotcha. So yeah. So our Christmas, I like Thanksgiving. Then the pressure of gifts is off. Well, so we don't. <laughs> that's I'm inter- with you, Nasima. I'm with yeah. you. Yeah. What do you mean by that, Len? 
I love Thanksgiving. It's my favorite holiday. And Christmas used to be great when I was a kid, but it's just become so commercialized. Mm -hmm. It's taken all the fun out of it for me, you know? So it's just, um, I wish it went back to the way it was about friends and family and, you know, just kind of more personal and not so much gifts. I'm tired of seeing all this stuff on the TV, all these commercials, you know, all the Christmas stuff, buy this, buy that, buy this. It's just totally lost the meaning. So you like this idea of a minimalist Christmas like they're talking about? Oh, I absolutely do. Yes. If I had my way, it would be completely minimalist. Yes, absolutely. I'd put a tree, I'd have my tree in the corner and just my family for the holidays and my immediate family. And we would maybe exchange something homemade or just personal And that would be that. And there wouldn't be a lot of presents under the tree. When you first said your family, and I thought you were talking about you'd have your family over under the tree too. (laughs) (laughs) I've had some Christmases where they've been on top of the tree. (laughs) It gets crazy at the Penzo house. (laughs) Oh, gee, what about you? You've never really been a big minimalist. I was just thinking, you're a mean one, Mr. Grinch. Mr. Penzo. (laughs) Yeah, Mr. Penzo. (laughs) The good news is we don't have to worry about buying him anything. That that is good. He wouldn't want it. I mean... We're just a step ahead. We don't, I just we let just everybody off over. the hook, didn't I? Yeah, yes. You totally did. Yep. Yeah. Hey, yeah. Len. Hey, Len, when you don't get the Stacky Benjamins gift this year, you're welcome. <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> I, I'm so happy we don't have to worry about cluttering your life with another Amazon Echo, uh, whatever it is, or a box of chocolates. Uh, or cookies. There were some delicious cookies. Oh, yeah. Cookies one year. I remember those. I'm kind of with Len here. Here's the problem, I think, with this. My sister and I were just talking about our family Christmas. So I don't live close to everybody in my family. My brother lives close to me. But we're traveling back up north to see everybody. And we were talking about who's getting who gifts. And and last year, we kind of drew names out of a hat. And that was really weird because I got the... No, I no, I'm, I'm the reason it's weird is because I got like my 19-year-old niece... I'm like, what do you get your ninth, you know, gift card iTunes? Yeah, gift card iTunes. Guess what my kids got? Gift cards iTunes. My brother, gift card iTunes. Do you have a limit on your gifts? Well, we did. Yeah, we we total. I don't remember what it was. But so this is what we decided. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Yeah. They don't sell iTunes gift cards in $35 increments. That's the problem. They do like 15. That takes a little math there, OG. You take a $25 (laughs) gift card and a $10 gift card and he makes $35. Whoa, whoa. You're going to make his head explode. (laughs) We can't have that going on on this show. What are you trying to do here, Penzo? Out loud. Well, anyway, so what we did this year was we just said, okay, family wise, here's what we're going to do. We're going to try to keep it a little low key. We're going to kind of (laughs) do, we're doing restaurant gift cards. You bring $25, you get to pull one of them out, you put yours in the pot, everybody pulls one out, off you go. You know, so this is what it is, easy peasy. But Len, it's not about any of that sort of stuff. It's just being with the family. The other problem is, is all this stuff costs so dang much. My kid has mm-hmm. an iPhone, and I'm like, oh, an iPhone. Okay, yeah, sure. They're like $1,000. No, you can't have one. That's $40, $25 gift cards. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> How many in $15 increments? <laughs> but everything's just so darn... I mean, a video game is 70 bucks. Yeah. You know, so, like, even if you want to have a normal budget... And then it's, yeah, it's, it's great. I, I don't know. Nasima, how, how old are your children? 
My daughter is four, and okay. then I have another one on the way. She's not going to be here until January. Though. Ah, all right. Yeah. Congratulations. Nice. Thank you. Uh, so for your four-year-old, though, how do you plan out gifts and getting rid of the cramming and trying to make it the best holiday season ever? I don't know. We just go over to my grandfather's house and other people give her gifts, so she thinks that's great. <laughs> and I told her she can get toys, more toys when she cleans out her room. So every time we're in the toy section, she's already trained. She's like, I know, I got to get rid of this stuff in my room first. So she's already conditioned. So she don't expect nothing from me. She's just like, can we go somewhere else? There's this interesting piece. There's this interesting. Let's go to somebody else's house and let them get me stuff. Let's, <laughs> I see where that conversation's going. You've got a smart kid. But it talks about some strategies around the holidays. And one is to rethink toys and gifts for kids altogether. Len, your kids are older like mine are. How did it go with gifts for your children around the holiday season? You mean when they were younger? When yeah. They were kids? Yeah. When they were younger. Well, this is pretty sad, really. You would, I would tell the kids, <laughs> go, go, no, 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 no. I, I would tell the kids, you know, go online and tell me what you want. Send me the links and then we'll look at it and we'll see what we can get you. You know, it's not like in the old days. Remember something called the Sears catalog, Joe? Yes. That's what I used to do. And then Christmas time, there was something called the, I think it was, what was the Christmas catalog? Toys R Us. No, it was called the Wish Book or something like that. You know, I, when I was a kid, my parents would give me the Sears uh, Wish Book catalog and I would go in and I would circle all the things I wanted. I would too. I knew, you would too? Yeah. And I'd get absolutely none of it. <laughs> <laughs> you get some socks. It's a pajama. Socks and pajamas. <laughs> a new bathrobe. All right. Thanks, Mom. That's exactly. I really wanted the 10-piece Transformer set, but I totally get. It's not practical. It's not practical. I know. Wasn't it when you were a kid that didn't that suck when you'd open a present up and there would be socks or underwear or sweater or something? Oh, my God. That that was the worst. That was the worst. (laughs) <laughs> Great slippers. That's me. The parents are going. Yes, that's you know less clothes I have to buy now. <laughs> yeah, is your name Nasima or is it uh, or is it Santa Claus? Because I swear when you said socks and underwear and that stuff that you were Santa. Because that's what Santa Claus always brought us. Of course, I, was, I know because those are all the gifts that I used to get too. And I used to be like, "What the hell is this?" I know. <laughs> Instead of the no, my uncle, I'm telling you, if I got some socks. I'll be so excited. Like you just don't understand. One year, my mom, my mom told me the story. Her brother, Tom, he was a, an imp as a kid and he was, you know, he was tough. One Christmas, he actually got coal in his stocking for Christmas. He got really got coal. Really? That's what he got. That was his Christmas. All the, there was a family. My mom's uh, 10 kids and my uncle Tom, her brother, Tom got coal. Wow. That's hardcore, man. That is hardcore. That's gangster. <laughs> I got a cousin. I need some coal. <laughs> I have a funny story about coal. I might tell a little bit later. All right. Uh, I like some of these these ideas about people, presence, and connection during the holidays as opposed to stuff, cram schedules, and excess. Nasima, did you like these? Yes, I did like those. And that's why I like Thanksgiving. 
Yeah. Because it's all that good stuff without all the gifts. It, yes. But I like Christmas because I get double time. So I always put myself on Christmas Eve. So that's my gift. <laughs> her, her gift to herself. Your gift to your 401k. Her yes. Double contribution because babies are that's always it. born on holidays. That's um, right. And don't even get her started on a full moon and Christmas. Uh-huh. uh-huh. But I want to go. I want to go over these. Uh, Some people talk about focusing on the memories around the, around ornaments or holiday items. You guys do that in your family. My family takes a little bit of time and does that. Like as we take out ornaments or putting them on the tree. Like we talk about you about my grandfather's Christmas tree that he's had up for the last two years. Not like the same tree that comes up and down, but the same tree that is in the same place in the den. So he's never, he's never taken it down. Let me tell you. Smart man. I messed up and I was like, oh, Papa, they have these Christmas trees just like yours that, you know, (laughs) has all the ornaments, has all the lights and all that stuff on there. This man was like, so you're telling me I could put this up and it's not going to die? And I was like, yes. And he was like, it should be there forever. And it is there. It is going to the room forever. So every time these people come to the house, they're like, I thought it was June. (laughs) the Christmas tree still up? He's like, I'm not taking it down to put it back up. It looks pretty, don't it? It looks really nice. So that's all. Don't ask him about the tree. It's gonna be there forever. That's so what we it, don't. Yeah, we don't do the ornament thing. <laughs> that's that's what I think. I'm always like every year. I'm like, why are we putting this down? Nine months from now, ten months from now, we're putting the thing back up. Let's just leave it up. We just should leave it up. And I get outvoted every year. One one to one, I get outvoted. How does that work? Are you the guy that leaves your Christmas lights up on the house all, all year long too? I would love to do that. That'd be great. It'd be, it'd be festive. There's a tree in our neighborhood outside where it's, and it's funny because it's a really tall tree and the people didn't have a very tall ladder. So the bottom of it has <laughs> lights all the way up and the second half. That's a euphemism for, for this podcast. A really tall tree with a really small ladder. <laughs> <laughs> Next is the lights only go halfway up. I like this idea about having honest conversations early, rethinking gifts. And you know, OG, when I even hear about where your family is right now, it feels like your family is like halfway to just meaningless gifts. Like, okay, why don't we just stop this? I mean, seriously, if I'm if if I'm pulling an outback steakhouse that I could give myself out of a hat from a nameless person, why don't I just go to Outback Steakhouse? Because I'm one vote in four. That's why. <laughs> there it is. That's why. Because there it is. There no, I'm, I'm with you. All my kids have everything they could possibly imagine already. They don't need one other thing. When I grew up, no joke, it was like you got a pair of shoes and a bag of socks and pajamas. And that was that was stuff you absolutely needed. And we always got some toys, too, for sure. But at the end of the day, like it was all about the stuff that we needed to have. And now we're really fortunate now that, you know, my kids need a new pair of jeans. Like, go get them a new pair of jeans. Like when I was a kid, my mom would wait until Chris would go, well, you know, you're going to have to wear those jeans until, you know, maybe Santa Claus will bring you a pair of jeans. What's been really cold here. My son outgrew his jacket. We haven't he hasn't had a coat in two years. And so. You know, we bought him a coat. Like when I was a kid, that would have been like, well, good news. You only have to be cold for a month. Then you'll probably get a coat for Christmas. Maybe. You know, if so you're they good. Have everything, mm. everything. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, 
all it is is stuff on top of stuff. My wife and I were talking about this. She's like, oh, you're really hard to shop for. I'm like, I don't need anything. What like if I want something, first of all, I'm gonna go get it. I don't need right. anybody's permission and I'm not gonna wait. So do they I would have the Jeopardy rather... home game? Okay. <laughs> so they don't have everything. <laughs> see, now I know what, see, do they even know what Jeopardy is? Well, there's there there's a gift. You now you you thought there's something for there you go, OG. Introduce him to Jeopardy. <laughs> Let I'm with you. That's the gift that keeps giving. <laughs> that is the gift that keeps giving. Hey, by the way, Len, I didn't mean to cut you off though, because you were talking about the Sears catalog. You go circle everything, and I said I'd get nothing, and we were off and running on other stuff. But so, what happened with you? You would circle everything in the Sears catalog, and then I'd get a lot of it. I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> I got most of it, and I used to put the prices on. I'd circle the prices for my mom and dad, and and I would. Uh, Add it all up and say, hey, mom and dad, it's all under 100 bucks, so I can get everything I've asked for here. Does it surprise you, OG, that Penzo had a spreadsheet with his Christmas <laughs> list? <laughs> he, he had a regression analysis. Yeah, right. <laughs> Good news is the delta on this uh, thing versus what's, what's in your wallet. Yeah, <laughs> but a whole different thing. I like this idea at the end about being intentional with your time and energy. I thought that was nice. And Nasima, to your point, I think, uh, yeah, that's, that's Thanksgiving right there. But biggest takeaway, OG, from this piece is that kids aren't getting crap this year. <laughs> There's that they, Is it gift cards come in other denominations besides $25? <laughs> Nassim had no idea what the hell she was getting into. The wheels have come off of this show for 2018. Ladies and gentlemen, I strongly encourage you to resubscribe in 2019. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be great. But, but we, we honestly, we have not mailed it. I promise. Uh, my biggest takeaway, thank you for all of the peanut galleries. Just like everything else, you need to be intentional about what you're doing, whether it's Christmas or Thanksgiving or money, all of it has to be thought out in advance. Len, you? I would say Thanksgiving is is a much it's better, a better uh, is a much better time for being with family and friends. And Christmas is for kids, so that's what I'm going to say. That's my. I, I don't know if I took that from this uh, article, but uh, Christmas is for kids. Leave it for the kids. Give the kids the gifts and. Uh, and adults focus on family. I love the idea of rethinking toys and gifts for kids. Like if there's a way to do that better, but Nasima, you've got the last word. Well, uh, anything that's about being intentional I'm for, because it's all about being financially intentional, which leads to intentionality in other areas of your life. But I just like the article because like I said, I think it's like Thanksgiving esque <laughs> to me, but um, I'm just looking forward to not having to cook for Christmas because usually they make me buy, cook a, a big old expensive pot of gumbo and then don't want to pay for it at the end. So <laughs> <laughs> that's my family. That's what we argue about on Christmas. We spend a lot of time together, but it's mostly arguments about uh, who owes who for the crab in the gam in the gumbo. So <laughs> I don't want to argue about the crap in the gumbo. Is what <laughs> Nasima got like out of it. $250. I'm just saying. And nobody wants to wants to fork it up after they ask me to make it. So, I'm not making gumbo this year. So, I got an excuse. 
Nasima, what's your favorite band? Erica Badu. Len, how about you? Lately, it's been, I hate to say this, I'm an oldie. Uh, Hall and Oates, I just love those guys. Hall, you, you know what's funny? Richie, our producer, no idea who Hall and Oates is. Zero <laughs> idea. But, but, I've but, seen him three times. Who Hall and Oates are? I've seen him three times in the last two years. Who Hall and Oates be? Oh, gee, you got to get the <laughs> got to get that right. Uh, we're so happy upstairs talking to mom right now. Anthony Bruno, he is uh, with Royalty Exchange, where you, no matter who your favorite artist is, you can invest in actually the songs that you like. How about that? Let's talk about it with maybe that's a holiday gift idea huh? right there. Anthony Bruno coming down to the basement. And walking down the stairs to the basement, it's our new friend, Anthony Bruno. How are you, man? I'm doing well. How about yourself? Well, I'm great. You know, as a fan of music, this idea of music royalties, I find just fascinating. But but tell me first, this whole idea of royalty exchange, where did it come from? Was this, were you a music fan? Did you see an opportunity in the music industry? Tell me about how you got it started. We didn't found the company originally, and I'm director of communications. I, I am not the founder myself. Uh, the company was originally started in 2011 by uh, another group of people, and some of the folks that currently own and operate the company now, they're investors. They're, they're people who are you know, interested in, in, in alternative investments and like the idea of investing in intellectual property, and were searching for a way to do so, and they found the original royalty exchange. And, um, you know, the way that that business uh, operated uh, originally was a little bit different than, than now. There were fewer uh, number of auctions, you know, slightly different way things were offered. So they found the site as basically investors who wanted to buy royalties, like the idea and the model so much that they essentially acquired the company in 2015. They said, this is a great opportunity. More people should have access to this and, and thought that, you know, maybe we could um, present it slightly differently uh, in a way that would scale a little bit more company had only offered, you know, it was like, you know, like an auction every now and then type of thing. And now like over 400 auctions uh, since we, since we relaunched the, uh, the site basically in 2016. So that's basically the story is so simply investors that were looking to invest in music royalties, finding the site that did so, buying it, and then relaunching it in a way that allowed more investors to invest in more royalties. I think it's neat that people can now buy a part of the music that they listen to. But, but let's go back, just this idea mm. of selling your music. I know, mm. I remember reading uh, Michael Jackson owning a lot of the Beatles catalog, I think. David Bowie did something that was a little different, but sold mm-hmm. off the rights to his, his music. I know a lot of people listening to this read about Dire Straits recently uh, sure. selling a lot of uh, their IP. Tell me, tell me how that process works. What does an artist do? They've made these songs and they're giving away future profits from them. What are they? What are they actually selling? Sure. Uh, so I'm going to try. I'm going to keep this very, very short. There's a, this. This could take up an hour conversation <laughs> right, very, yeah. very, very quickly. Okay. But basically, the way uh, royalties work in the music business is that for any song that you hear, there are essentially two types of copyrights. Okay. One for the song as it is written, and one for the song as it is performed or recorded, rather. Okay. And so uh, I write a song called "Knocking on Heaven's Door." And you record it. You earn money from your recording. If someone else has recorded it, someone else earns money from their recording. But I, as the writer, earn a, a different type of royalty for having written uh, the song that both of you recorded. Do both of those artists pay me to record that song? Not necessarily. They earn money from the sound recording copyright. I earn money from the song that it was written. So I, I still, I, I am legally obligated through constitutional act 
to collect royalties based on any use of that song for the, the composition royalties, whereas they earn money for the use of that song through the sound recording royalties. And there's a number of different types of uses that spark different types of royalties. The point is there's multiple, multiple different ways that either the sound recording copyright or the composition copyright can earn royalties. And the second point I want to make is that there are a number of people that, that are involved in the creation of music that's not just the artist that you know. You mentioned Dire Straits, right? There's, there's probably there's more people involved in earning royalties from Dire Straits music than just the people in Dire Straits. And so we work with folks who have a royalty interest in music, most of whom are not the actual artists that you know themselves, and they come to us to raise money by using a portion of that royalty interest that they hold. And that could be either from the sound recording or from the composition. That's the shortest and easiest way I can explain it. Gotcha. So so as an example, and I'm just trying to wrap my head around this, Anthony, mm-hmm. I know that Prince recorded music for, or wrote music that a lot of other people performed. Absolutely. So, so Prince may have, or Prince's estate now, may have mm-hmm. some interest in actually that music after it was written? Yes, absolutely. Like the famous Sinead O'Connor song, Nothing Compares to You. Prince wrote that. Okay, so Sinead O'Connor earns royalties on the sound recording of that, but the Prince Estate earns the composition copyright gotcha. from that. Okay? okay, and again, other people are involved usually as well uh, that earn different things. So they come to us. What you're basically selling with us is a right to a royalty stream, right, an income stream, and you could sell a portion of that as a seller. You could sell. I, I want to sell 25% of the uh, public performance royalties earned on this song to an investor. I keep the other 75% income in myself. The investor pays up front and then gets rights to the 25% of that royalty stream for the agreed upon period of time. Gotcha. Which could be forever or just 10 years. Okay. Oh, so there might be an end date on that royalty. Absolutely. There could, there's some, some are a 10 year option where not, not all people who own royalties want to sell their royalty stream forever. So there's an option for them to sell uh, and then regain their, that royalty income after 10 years. The benefit to the investor being those catalogs are usually from folks that, I don't want to say necessarily more premium catalogs, but they're certainly, um, the people that have those catalogs don't have to necessarily sell it forever. They have other options. Gotcha. So by allowing them the right to get it back after 10 years, as an investor, you're gaining access to a greater variety and in some cases, higher quality royalty stream. Gotcha. Okay. And I can understand why an artist might do that, you know, just sell it over the short term and then get it back. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. So let's take it from our average listener's point of view then, Anthony. Sure. How do they get involved and maybe own a piece of their favorite song? Yeah, no problem. So you simply come to our site, royaltyexchange.com. You sign up for an account. You'll pretty much immediately start getting uh, alerts when there are new listings available on the site for you to bid on. So the way it works is it's an auction. Okay, It's an online auction. You see a listing, there's a lot of financial information contained in that listing that you can use and sort of determine whether this is the right investment for you. We have a number of guides, articles, blog articles. Uh, we have a downloadable ebook all around how, how do I value and uh, you know, evaluate these assets before I start putting my money towards them. So once you feel comfortable with that, you can place a bid on an auction that's available. And it simply runs like a typical online auction. People bid back and forth, price adjusts based on the bidding activity. And uh, should you win... The auction, we handle all the paperwork, all the transfer of ownership, and we actually, after the fact, administer the payments that you are due from that royalty stream to ensure that you're getting everything that you are, are meant to. So it's, it's, it's a pretty simple process. It's free to become a member. You do not need to be an accredited investor to bid or win an, an auction on our platform. And yeah, that's basically the easiest way from an auction perspective. I'll quickly note the difference between, like you mentioned, the Dire Straits. 
That's a different kind of investment, which is okay. called a private syndicate, basically okay. a private placement. Those are limited to not only to accredited investors, but uh, the first opportunity to invest in them when they become available is limited to a, a premium membership tier that we have called All Access Investor. And that's just a, just a smaller group of folks that are looking for higher tier opportunities. And those are not auctions. They are, like I said, private placements. You are buying units in a sort of a special purpose vehicle LLC that owns a royalty stream. And then you just buy shares of it. And those are typically far larger music catalogs than would go in an auction. We're talking you know, three, four, five million dollar yeah, catalog. Yeah, yeah, okay. Know, that kind of thing. Let's go back then just to the auctions because that's what most of our listenership will be interested sure, in. Sure. These royalty streams, how often do they happen? Are they different for every auction? Is it quarterly? Is it monthly? Is it is it once a year? How often do people receive their payout? Got it. Typically, it's quarterly. Okay. Uh, the type of royalty that we deal with the most are called public performance royalties, and those are paid by these very well-established entities in the music business called performing rights organizations. And so their whole entire reason for existence is to track the usage of this music across different platforms, collect the royalties owed, and then distribute that to the royalty owner on a quarterly basis. And so all you're doing, all we do is if you were to buy one of those royalty streams, we just work with the PRO to redirect the portion that you bought to you. So typically quarterly, you can even set the date. There's a calendar. You know exactly when that next distribution is going to happen. Some people think that this type of an investment, because it's it's an alternative investment, like you mentioned, mm-hmm. is better as a long-term type investment. Can I do this inside of my IRA? A self-directed IRA, yes. I'm a little shaky on some of those details, yeah. but I do know that if you have a self-directed IRA, there is a path for doing so. And if that's what you wanted to do, and if you were to call in, we can connect you to our investor relations department that can you know, give you the more specific details. But the short answer is yes. Got it. People that can help. Okay. And then obviously, I, I guess the way that you guys make money then is you broker these deals. We are more like a real estate agent. Okay. okay. We take a percentage of the sale fee, which comes out of what is owed then to the seller of the royalty. All right. So you as an investor don't really pay. The only thing you, as the investors might pay would be a, um, a, a one-time fee for us to administer the payments for you going forward. Okay. And that can be waived if you become an all-access investor. Gotcha. It's, it's a small fee. It's, it's not a big deal. But yeah, so the, we, t- we basically take a, a commission from the sale from the seller. Well, that's great. Tell me some of the names, by the way, that people will find in the catalog. This is the fun part, I think. Yeah, exactly. So I got to I got to preface it by saying that I'm going to I could give you some names, some songs and some artists that you'd recognize. We've sold royalty interest in those songs by those artists, but we did not work with those artists. I want to make very clear. We worked with someone who you probably don't know. Gotcha. Sure. Songwriter that's not famous. But I mean, you know, we sold Dr. Dre songs. We've sold We've got this great uh, one that we've done a couple of times. It's a song that was sampled by a Fatboy Slim song. So anytime the Fatboy Slim song is played because it sampled this song, you get part of that royalty stream, for instance. That's a fun one. We, all over the map, you know, we've done heavy metal like Corn. We've done uh, country music like Alabama. Uh, we've done Santana songs. We've done around certain Grateful Dead related um, assets. Uh, it's, it's, just, it's just all over the map. I mean, it is really just no genre or no age really that we haven't done. But it's worth noting that most of them are older. And we've even done some kids' music songs. We did one, one that involved um, uh, Sesame Street theme songs, basically, oh, like Elmo's World, things like that. That was actually one of the biggest songs we've ever done, things like that. It's really pretty wide and, and, and open, and it's sometimes it's fun just to kind of take a look and be like, who are these people? And, and, and it's worth, you know, and as an investor, as someone who comes in to buy, very often people are buying royalties to music that they've never even heard of before. Oh. Like, it's, you, you don't have to be, you, you sh- in fact, most people are not fans of the music when they buy it. They don't may not even know the artist or the song. They're just looking at this as a 
as an investment and they're saying, okay, this is an asset that's made this much in the last 12 months. Yeah. It's got this kind of a trend rate. This could make money and it's not correlated with the stock market. So yeah, you know, I'll give it a shot, but I don't know who, you know, Migos is or something like that. You know, they just, they just kind of just roll with it. It's, it's really interesting. See, I like looking at it that way. I mean, very pragmatically, but as a guy yeah. that loves music, I just think it's fun to have a part of my portfolio that I don't know. I have two sections of my portfolio uh-huh. and, and obviously to your point th- this could fit in either side, I imagine. But for me personally, I like walking around owning some dire straits or owning some prints yeah. or owning some. Well, it, it's, it's certainly a lot more fun when you're talking about your investments at a party than, you know, pointing to your <laughs> right. last municipal bond. You know what I mean? Like, I totally get that. <laughs> Let me tell you a quick story. I don't know if this is relevant, but so there was one investor who, uh, you know, we see the auctions, we watch them go along, and, and it closed at a price higher than we thought it would. We were surprised that someone paid that much for this particular royalty stream. So afterwards we talked to him. We we're like, yeah, so, you know, you, you certainly were pretty aggressive in, in the bidding there. Can you tell us why you really, you really wanted this? And so it was an auction for a song by a country band called Love and Theft. Now, again, we weren't working with the band Love and Theft. We were working with one of the songwriters attached to the song. But as it turns out, his daughter had gotten engaged at a Love and Theft show. Like they actually got on stage and proposed the whole nine yards at that band's show. So big fans of the band. His, the father knew this. So he, he, so he bought this and then gave that to her on her wedding uh, as a wedding present. That is so cool. You see what I'm saying? So yes. now that's a rare case, but yeah. that stuff like that can occur. Yeah, no, that's, that's really neat. And I think that's a great place to leave it. Uh, people go to royaltyexchange.com, Anthony. That's correct. Awesome. And we'll have a link if you're walking the dog or on your commute in our show notes page at stackybenjamins.com. Anthony Bruno, thanks for hanging out with us for a few minutes, man. Hey, man. Thanks for having me. It's been a pleasure. Hey there, trivia fans. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug. And when I think of Rotten Tomatoes' number one movie, It's a Wonderful Life, I think of life here in the basement. All peaceful and calm with OG complaining and Joe threatening to teach me another board game. I'm just kidding. I do think of other great movies like Saw 3 and Free Willy 2, but I guess those were forgotten in the shuffle. Here's a question. What year was It's a Wonderful Life originally released? All right, Nasima, we explained the game to you backstage, this complicated game that Len's been playing all year and still doesn't understand. So uh, you get to decide first if you go first in the middle or last. But before you do that, let's remind everybody of the score. Everybody got nothing last week. It was everybody went over last week. So no change in the leadership. And Len, you are ahead by one, my friend. What's that, Joe? Uh, I said you're ahead by one. I still protest I, last week's I, score. It sounds so sweet <laughs> when you, when I hear those words, Joe. Last week, so sweet. Last week, I think Doug did have a trick question, but hopefully this isn't a trick question. What year was It's a Wonderful Life, number one on Rotten Tomatoes, originally released? First of all, Nasim, have you seen It's a Wonderful Life? Yes. Did you like it? No. <laughs> Great. <laughs> not at all. No. Why not? Hmm, let's just say... I don't think it was representative of people that I like to see in movies a lot. Ah. <laughs> it's a wonderful life. It is. It's cute. It's cute, but it's heck of old. And- Black and white, old, <laughs> old white guys in the 40s. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. it was. Interesting. But still, it was Jimmy Stewart, Nasima. It was Jimmy okay. Stewart. <laughs> She's like, big deal. I don't really care. <laughs> 
All right. Uh, so do you want to so guess? She if that was Paula, she wouldn't know who that was. She would have no idea who Jimmy Stewart was or That's It's right. a Wonderful Life. Paula's a little younger than me. Let's do this. When do you want to guess? You want to guess first in the middle or last? Well, I've listened to this game a couple times. I know. I know how it's played. So I'm going to go last. <laughs> Not her first rodeo. Uh, OG, how about you? First or in the middle? He he gives me uh, two fingers, which works great on an audio podcast, by the way. Thank you very much. Yeah, those, those two fingers, not quite as much fun. And Len, guess what that means? You get the honor of going first. What, what year? I think you guys are going to regret letting me go first because I know the year. Did you I'm, pretty sure, I'm pretty sure I know the year. <laughs> I don't know why this is popping. In my 1934, that's what I'm saying. 19. 19- 34. 34. I should be writing this down, shouldn't I? Uh, I'm sure we'll be able to remember. <laughs> I don't remember. It's going to be three numbers. 1934 for Len. OG, oh, how about you? See, I think he's mistaking Miracle on 34th Street <laughs> oh. as oh, another Christmassy maybe. movie that's got a 34 <laughs> in it. Yes, you're probably right, OG. <laughs> You're probably right. Or if he I, nails it, I call baloney and he looked it up on the internet. Um, no, I swear I didn't. I'm not sure that I've ever actually seen this whole thing, if even parts of it. I'm glad you said Jimmy Stewart, because now I can at least picture what movie it is. Oh, I shouldn't have done that. Um, ah, Jimmy Stewart. Gosh, he's not... He's dead. He's not a recent actor. He seems to have been done and buried quite a while ago already. Uh, I'm going to go a little bit over Mr. Penzo here, and I'm going to say uh, 1939. 19. Uh, that's a terrible, I guess. 39. Oh, closest to without going over. All right. Well, Nasima, there you go. It's all laid Dang. out. That I, just messed me up all the way. I was going to say, I don't think it's as easy as, as it once looked. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not. But. The first thing that popped into my head, I'm just going to go ahead and say it, and that's 1928, and that's because that's the year my grandfather was born, and I feel like that's when that movie was made. So I'm going to just leave it right there. 1928 for Nasima. All right. right. Uh, We're going to find out in just a second what the answer was. Oh, this is so funny. Uh, Cheryl wants to play, too. (laughs) Let Cheryl play. (laughs) What's Cheryl's guess? This is, we have we have an extra here in the basement tonight, and she's writing it down. This is always this is always great. No, 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 not these. What year was the movie released? She's got the years that stuff happened in the movie. Oh my goodness! Yeah, she is on it. Yeah, woman. She's like, forget it. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what you're Thanks for playing. And we've got the Jeopardy edition home game for her. Yeah, we have the Len says we got the Jeopardy edition home game for you as your uh, set of steak knives prize. All right. uh, uh, We'll be back with the answer here in just a second. What's your interest rate on your savings account, on your emergency fund? Well, I'll tell you if it's a brick and mortar bank. We've got a great way to beat it. Head to stackybedjamins.com forward slash magnify money, the place where you go for all of your banking needs instead of just the brick and mortar bank. Let me ask you this. Why do you walk into a Bank of America, let's say, and just say, what have you got? You don't get anywhere near the range of financial products that you'll get using just your fingers sitting at home 
on Magnify Money. StackyBenjamins.com forward slash Magnify Money. Let's go there right now and let's see what interest rates look like as we record this. They might change overnight, but um, I doubt it. And if they do, it's not going to be that much. I went to Magnify Money and here we go. We're up to 2.4% for my savings direct. And then uh, Poplar Direct is at 2.36. Now it tells me here that with Poplar Direct, there's a $5,000 minimum deposit. It also gives their fine print score an F, where My Savings Direct pays $2.4, $0 minimum deposit, and an A in their fine print score. See how I'm able to very quickly compare accounts? That's what I love about Magnify Money. Plus, there's 92% of the stuff out there in there, in the site. Uh, what else we got? Vio Bank, uh, 2.35%. CIT Bank at 225 Utah First Credit Union at 2.25%. Citizens Access, 225 CIBC, 2.16%. Pierpoint Financial, 2.15%. Mutual One Bank, 2.12%. Sally May, 2.1%. SFGI Direct at 207 Barclays, 205 Salem 5 Direct, 2.05 Five Banks Connect 2.05 Synchrony 2.05 Here comes some big boys HSBC 2.05 Marcus by Goldman Sachs at 2.05 and FNBO Direct at 2 American Express Personal Savings at 2 Discover at 2 Alliant at 2 and then American Airlines Credit Union 1.97 E-Trade down at 1.9 and there we go See how easy that was? StackyBenjamins.com forward slash magnify money. Don't just use that to compare, ditch, switch, and save when it comes to your savings accounts. They've got no fee checking accounts, balance transfers, cashback reward cards, 0% interest credit cards to pay less interest to the man, personal loans, parent plus loan refinance, student loan refinance, and lots, lots more. StackyBenjamins.com forward slash magnify money. All right, so our answers here before we let Doug tell us what they are. Len, you've got 1934. Was it a mistake? Were you thinking Miracle on 34th Street? Yeah, maybe. OG, 1939. Feeling pretty comfortable with that? I feel like the real answer is in the 40s somewhere, so I guess we'll see. Uh, Not if Nasima's right. She says 1928, the year her grandpa was born. What are you thinking, Nasima? I'm just going to stick with it because... uh, this is not my strong suit. You've got, but you've got six years there. That's pretty good. All right, Doug, take it from here. Who's going to win this thing? Hey there, trivia fans. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug. It turns out blowing bits of white paper around the living room won't make Joe's mom think happy holiday thoughts. Lesson learned. Quite the opposite, actually. But a great holiday movie always hits the spot. And that's the topic on today's trivia segment. It's a Wonderful Life is rated number one on Rotten Tomatoes' list of the top holiday movies of all time. What year was it first released? Despite initially performing poorly at the box office because of stiff competition at the time of its release, the film has become regarded as a classic, and many call this film first released in 1946 as one of the best films of all time. See ya! Tied up, yo. Oh my god. With one week to play. OG pulls close. <laughs> Tying. <laughs> I knew it was in the forties. 
Well, my answer oh, was going to just be to add one year to yours, but you know. That's where I thought you were going to go, Nasima. That's what I thought you should uh, But it seemed so far away. I was like, oh, I don't know. I should have just went with it. That's all right. <laughs> you know, all the prizes. You're not going to get any of the prizes now. Oh, no. Yeah, feels. The reason I thought it was in, in later than 39 was I think that Jimmy Stewart was in. Yes, he was in the military, wasn't he? So, you're right. Which means he would not have likely been recording a movie sometime in the 30s and 40s or early, you know, late 30s, early 40s, perhaps. So, you know, it also didn't seem like a really great time for the launch of that movie. If I had that in the can, like, hey, World War II just started. It's a wonderful life. Right. Yeah. So I was figuring it was going to be sometime after that, but I didn't want to gamble 44 or 45 or 43. (laughs) 39. Hey guys, we got an issue here. Somebody sent a letter down to the basement asking us for help. So thank goodness you're all here and can help us answer this. Doug just brought down this letter. This letter comes to us from Braden. Braden says, hi guys. I recently, it should have said, hi guys in the SEMA is what it should have said, but it doesn't. I don't know. I could be a guy. (laughs) I recently relocated for work and started graduate school. I'm receiving reimbursements from my employer, but if I were to leave the company before a certain day, I'll have to pay it back because I'm a pessimist. I have enough of my emergency fund for this already. However, I'd like for that money to be earning interest as well. What's the most efficient place I can earn interest and keep those assets liquid in case of emergency? Love the show, but I never learn anything. Thanks for the question, Braden. Nasima, you are uh, easily the smartest person in this room. So I think <laughs> I, don't think, so, I think I think I think we'll start with you. What do you think? Where does he go for interest? I mean, if he wants to have his access to his cash, he wants to keep it liquid. He's not going to put it in the market, obviously. So there's actually some really good savings accounts out there that have higher interest rates. I think um, Marcus has like a 2% interest rate right now. I mean, those always change, but magnify money is an excellent way to look and see. Look at you. (laughs) Got your gold star right here. Yes, you know, to see what the highest yield interest rates or savings rates are out there. So I would tell him if he wants to keep his cash liquid, always put it in a high yield savings account. But you you said something interesting there. You said, obviously, don't put it in the market. There are people listening to this that don't realize that that's obvious. Why do you say, obviously, don't put it in the market? Well, well, obviously for him, because it seems like he wants to have that act, that money readily accessible to him. Now, to me, the market is a little bit, I mean, it's liquid to me. <laughs> you know, I wouldn't mind putting my money in into the market and put it in an index fund, like a S&P 500 fund or any or something like that and be able to access it. Like that doesn't bother me, but it seems like he's really risk adverse. I mean, he's already saving for something that he's getting paid for just in case. So that's where the obvious came in, like, because he wants to have access to that money if yeah. something were to happen. Yeah, because yeah. he might need it now, keep it in a spot where he's not going to lose money. Yes. Good stuff. Mr. Penzo, anything to add there? What do you think? You know, it depends on how how much time he wants to define liquidity. Does he want an instant liquidity or does he want, you know, can he tolerate a few months? You know, if you can tolerate, say, six months, you you can put in a CD and you can get significantly better interest than putting it in a savings account or a high yield savings account. Um, There's also money market funds, too. So, it kind of just hmm. depends what, how much 
time you want to tie up your money. So six months ain't too bad. And you know what you can do is you can ladder. So if you want to ladder your CDs, for example, maybe say every one month or two months or three months uh, and do these ladders, you'll always have access to that money on a monthly or semi-monthly basis. So that's one way to get the higher rate with the longer uh, hold time, maturity time. Nice. OG, what do you, what do you, what do you think? Anything to add? Uh, no, not really. I would definitely stay away from investing the money in the stock market only because if something go, does go wrong, you can't risk the downturn happening you know, at the same time. If you've got unlimited time, well, then that's fine. You know, you can take the ups and downs. But Murphy's Law would tell you that all of a sudden you're going to need the money right at the time the market's down 25%, and then you're going to be ticked off because you only get 75 cents on the dollar back. But uh, any of these options, ladder CDs, savings account, shoebox, all of those are going to be adequate. And then, but the important thing is once you get past this, this risk time, you get through your graduate degree, and you've decided that you're going to stay with your employer, you get past the point of no return there, then get that money invested. Yeah, then go to what Nassim is talking about with the S&P 500 fund, get the money invested. Good stuff. Thanks for the question, Braden. If you've got a question for the show, head to stackybenjamins.com. And uh, you know what? If Braden had only left a voicemail instead, he would have gotten a Greatest Money Show on Earth t-shirt, but he didn't. So we answered his question, and I think we nailed that one. But, but it uh, is Christmas. It's Christmas, Joe. Then give us a gift and leave. <laughs> and, and if leave Brady us a, would have only left his address. <laughs> yes, this is this is this is going to be a minimalist Christmas for yes. for Braden. Yes, <laughs> or if he just finished Hanukkah and he's wondering where it where his uh, t shirt is. If only, yes. Uh, it's all about the quality time. It it really was. We spent <laughs> we spent four quality minutes with Braden. That's exactly right, Nasima. Exactly. Yes. If you've got a question for the show, head to stackybenjamins.com forward slash voicemail. We'll get you exactly to our voicemail and you can get a greatest money show on earth t-shirt. That's gonna do it for today, team. Well, let's start with you, OG man. What's coming up this next week for you? Well, something really super important. We might have talked about it last week, but this week we've got the final countdown to the most important day of the year. Still don't know uh, what that is. From today, uh, huh. if you're so so interested, I personally am not am not a minimalist. So, if someone decides to support the fact that a week from today is a really cool and important day, I love how the fact. Gifts, by the way, I love how the fact that I you like just cake. I love the fact that you met Nasima tonight and you made sure she knows it's your birthday in a week. Like the very first thing also, you said, you said, hi, I'm OG. Like that. I mean, I was just trying to, I was just trying to like, just slide it in there. No, I'm just but telling everybody, to be my birthday. I'm just telling everybody what happened before we even press record. You said, hi, Nasima. My name's OG. It's my birthday in a week. And here's my address. <laughs> here's my address. <laughs> That's I horrible. PayPal and Venmo. What about quality time? We checked that box today, <laughs> but now we can check the box of gift giving. Oh, geez. oh geez, like we're halfway there. Len, what's happening at lenpenzo.com? Well, I have an article just for OG's kids, and that is great gift ideas for people who have everything. <laughs> Perfect. That's only at lenpenzo.com. Nasima, thanks a ton for hanging out with us. Thank you for having me. Well, this has been fantastic. What is going on right now at Financially Intentional? 
So right now at Financially Intentional, we're wrapping up the year, which means I am going on maternity leave. So we're shutting some stuff down, but we're offering some specials at the end of the year. So if you want to get into my coaching program for half off, this is your opportunity before I shut it all down. Awesome. Does half off mean only half the coaching or half the price? <laughs> half the price? <laughs> what was that? <laughs> was that a snort for Bled? Yes, yes totally. I, I, I won. Sorry. I won. Oh, my goodness. No, it's a full coaching for half the price until the end of the year. That is that's fantastic. And you know what? If you're on your commute or you're walking the dog or whatever, we'll have a link to Nasima site at stackybenjamins.com. So glad you could be here and save the show. I appreciate it. Thank you. Love it. All right, Doug, take it from here, man. So, what did we learn today? You worried about too much hustle and bustle around the holidays? Consider the minimalist approach. Replace gifts with discussions and family time. Embrace traditions and throw out consumerism. We've yet to meet a person who wasn't happier with this approach. Second, need money for a short-term emergency? Keep that money out of the financial markets. Any place you could lose money, you should avoid. Just like you should avoid savings accounts and CDs for your long-term goals. It's difficult to beat inflation in these investment types over long periods. But the big lesson? Don't ask the gang if they want to head out to Sizzler until after they're done recording. OG has got the worst stink eye right now. You do not want to be on the receiving end of that look. Trust me. Special thanks to Nasima Simpson from Financially Intentional. Learn more about Financially Intentional at financiallyintentional.com. Lenpenzo appears courtesy of the cryptically named lenpenzo.com. Thanks also to Anthony Bruno from Royalty Exchange. Be sure to head on over to royaltyexchange.com to learn more. This show was created by Joe Salcihai, produced by Richie Rutter-Reese, and engineered by the amazing Steve Stewart. Online, visit us on Twitter at at S. Benjamin's cast or on our Facebook page. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and I'm wondering if KY Jelly is actually made in Kentucky. SB Podcasts may receive payment on the show from sponsors and guests in the form of books, giveaway items, discounts, or other remuneration. There's no way you would take advice from these dorks, but like Joe's mom always says, don't take advice from people you don't know. This show is for entertainment purposes only, and before making any financial moves, consult with a real financial advisor.
Welcome to the after show, Nasima. This is the part of the show that doesn't exist. We can't talk about it. Just so you know the rules ahead of time. We were beginning to discuss Nasima's career, which is delivering babies. Euro's bringing new life into the world. That's exciting. Yes, yes, yes. Most of the time. <laughs> Most of the time. <laughs> well, OG has um, uh, a uh, a situation where um, a nurse wanted you to uh, nurse, maybe wanted you to eat something. My second kid uh, kind of came a little quickly compared to the first one. So we were taking our sweet time. By the time we got to the hospital, everything was done. So we were ready to have a baby and it was still early in the morning and I'm doing the fatherly duty of just like, go team. You can do it. (laughs) Hooray. Good job, sweetheart. But uh, my son was being born. I mean, he was like, he was ready. So there was no, no medicine. There was no, hey, this is pain relief pills, any of that sort of stuff. It was like, baby's coming. And the nurse grabbed me and said, uh, how much breakfast did you have today, Dad? And I said, oh, no, I'm good. She goes, come with me. And and she made me drink a couple of glasses of orange juice and eat a power bar or whatever it was, a granola bar. And, the, and I'm, I'm good. She says, listen, I can only take care of one thing at a time. <laughs> we only have two patients and you ain't one of them. <laughs> you... You, sir, fall on the ground and you will be there a long time, is what she yeah. said. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. We will politely slide you on down to the ground and step over you and handle whatever we need to handle. We might be nice enough to call the ED, but typically we have two patients and we don't have time to be worried about mm-hmm. you. Have you, Nasima, had, then you've had dads pass out? Oh, yes. I can see it in their face. I already know. The last dad, he was about to fall out. I just pinned him between the bed and me, and I just <laughs> held him up with my knee while I continued to do what I had to do until I could slide him back into a chair. But yeah, it happens all the time. Well, it is quite surprising. <laughs> you know, just everything that's happening is a little different than maybe what you're used to <laughs> as a normal person. And you're like, wow, that is unforgettable. <laughs> it is. Everything that's going on right now uh, but all the kids were born now contrast that against the third one and uh, we went to the hospital early my wife said <laughs> I'm getting the medicine like <laughs> I don't remember much from that one I just remember I'm getting the medicine mm-hmm. and she walked in they're like oh let's take a look she goes eh, eh. third one give me the medicine and they're like well we no, want to check the she third goes, ones no medicine the third ones are a wild card though Sometimes yeah. they take forever, even if you've yeah. had the second one really fast. So baby was born great, but she, you know, they, they want to do all these <laughs> tests and everything. She goes, stop, yeah. stop talking. Call the person who puts the thing in my back to make me go numb. <laughs> like that's what's happening next. They're like, they're like, Mrs. OG, we need to take, she goes, I'm not talking to you. Get the guy who gives me the drugs. Get him first. <laughs> and we can do that stuff while we, we do all that at the same time when we're talking. And that she, it was so funny because she's like, Oh, that's way better. Yeah. I'm going to take a nap now. Yep. (laughs) Wake her up like, okay, it's time for the baby. She's like, no, I need to sleep some more. You know, I haven't had sleep in like the last 10 years. I'm good. She's like, I'm good. You know what you need to do. Len, what about with uh, your two kids? Any stories from their delivery? Really? No. You know, I... uh, the first child, she struggled in labor, and then he was uh, sunny side up. 
and uh, just wouldn't come out. And so they had to do a C-section. Our second one was a C-section too. Remember, our second one was, it. it was scheduled. Yeah. So it's like, <laughs> it's almost like the stork, you know, it's almost yeah. like, you know, the baby comes from the stork for me. It's like, Wait, I, I didn't isn't get that to... what happens. It's like, <laughs> it's like, it's like my FedEx delivery today. You go down to Walgreens and pick it up. Yeah, it's like it was, it's, so I'm sorry to say I really don't have any of those stories to share with you. Well, I don't know. That's pretty good because mine's not that great. So Cheryl was having the twins and I walked out of the room. Apparently, I didn't realize you couldn't take those scrubs out of the room because <laughs> so so I went down and got a tuna fish. It's like eating a bag of potato chips, you know, oh, crumbs all over. Oh, I <laughs> oh, went very sterile. I went down to the to the cafeteria and I got a tuna fish sandwich. I was standing over her. Because cafeteria tuna fish sandwiches at hospitals <laughs> circa 1995 is the best chow to have. <laughs> Dude, you have a problem with this stuff. This is like just this just parlays nicely into the coleslaw story. But go ahead. I was I was standing over Cheryl, giving her encouragement, eating a tuna fish sandwich. And the equivalent of Nasima comes up to me and goes, "What the hell are you doing?" I'm like, "What are you?" T-? She's like, "You're breathing tuna fish into a pregnant woman's face." Like, what? <laughs> like, what are you doing? That sounds like me. Like, and where did you uh, get I need that? To put the sandwich down. They, okay, sir. They made me throw it away. Yes. Yes. That's right. I'm glad to, you had a good nurse. Ba- that's I had to just wrong. Back away. I'm like, I wasn't even thinking about it. Hey, push, honey. Hungry push. Now. Or, or not push after you've had tuna fish. It's push. Does it make oh it any God. easier? You're about to have a baby, Nasima. Does it make it any easier, like knowing the procedure, knowing what's going to happen? Yeah. It's just like going to work. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah. Nasima no, shoots herself up right before with all the all the good drugs That's right the before only it all happens. Part that I don't do, but I make sure I'm just like OG's wife. I'm like I walk in the door. So I said, uh, uh-uh, I'm not about to walk in the hallways. I'm not about to do all that extra stuff. No, I don't, I don't no. want a room with no bathtub. This is what we're gonna do right here. <laughs> You're gonna get me an epidural. I'm gonna go to sleep, and when I wake up, we can have a baby. Okay, and that's how it went. And then we woke up. I woke up. Pushed her out, pulled her up. I did my own resuscitation. I did everything. It was fine. Did you get to bill those hours too? I wish. Did you get to spank <laughs> the baby too? Did you spank the baby when it comes? Is that your job there? We gently stimulate, oh. dry, oh. and stimulate. Oh. <laughs> no more. Spanking. I don't know that they ever spanked. <laughs> was born so fast that when I called my mother-in-law. And she goes, hey, how's everybody doing? I said, baby boy. And she goes, ha, whatever. Let me talk to let me talk to your wife. And I'm like, no, no, seriously, baby's here. And she didn't believe me, so I I pinched him. So he started crying. <laughs> he started crying. CPS, let's call child protective services. <laughs> there it is. And that's why she's not a father anymore. Our job is to keep to make the babies cry for the first couple of hours to clear their lungs out. And the parents think we are so mean. I'm just like, hold on, let me just see the baby real quick. I just need to make cry. <laughs> a little dry, just a little rub. But seriously, they're just like, no, the baby's crying. I'm like, the baby is supposed to cry. Let the baby cry. <laughs> yeah. That's why Nasima knows all the good put downs. She knows all the good. She's like, she knows how to make people cry. Yeah. <laughs> If that nurse would have let you keep your tuna sandwich, Joe, you could have you could have made the baby cry for the next two hours <laughs> too. <I'm> sure. 
Yeah. <laughs> well, stackers, the show is over, but the party is just beginning here. You know why? Because it's military appreciation month and we are giving out shout outs to all of our friends who have served in the military. And let's point uh, the finger right here at our good friend, OG who spent time in the military. And of course we know what a giver he is, even when he, pretends like he's being uh, Mr. Surly. Navy Federal offers member-only exclusive rates, discounts, and tools to empower their members to help them reach their goals. Visit NavyFederal.org slash celebrate, and you'll see all their Military Appreciation Month offers and other Navy Federal offers. They've got all kinds of resources on their site, like Best Cities After Service to help veterans transition to civilian life and Best Careers for Military Spouses to support military families. So much going on. Just head over to NavyFederal.org slash celebrate and take a look at all the Military Appreciation Month offers and their usual offers. Navy Federal, our members are the mission. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA, Equal Housing Lender.